Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Aaron Rodgers has undergone surgery to repair the torn Achilles tendon that he suffered week one Monday night football against the Buffalo Bills. Surgery went great yesterday. Thank you for all the love and prayers and support. And thanks to Dr. Ella Trash and his staff for starting me on the road to recovery. Dr. Neil Ella Trash, there's been plenty of discussion about the fact that he's the guy who repaired the Tom Brady ACL tear after the week one injury when Bernard Pollard came in low and came in hot and popped the knee. 15 years ago. I do have to apply this asterisk, though. Before we before we put Dr. Ella Trash on the Mount Rushmore of surgery, <laughs> I remember vividly, Peter, that Tom Brady developed a horrible infection after that surgery, and Ella Trash admitted it was because on the way out, there was an issue with the MCL that he decided to mess around with, and... The, the stories are out there. I remember writing about it at the time that, that there was a thought that's what introduced this infection. And I think Tom Brady, like, you know, that's one of the very real risks of these surgeries. Oh, oh, surgery, minor surgery. There's no minor surgery. You open the body up to anything that's on the outside getting inside. And there have been some bad infections. Rob Gronkowski had a pick line. He had such a bad infection after one of his surgeries. So anyway, good job by Dr. Elitrash. I just I remember very well the postscript to the Tom Brady torn ACL. So uh, stuff happens. And that's what that's one of the realities of playing football. And that's one of the things we try to sensitize fans to. You're out there taking a real risk. And the next thing you know, you're wearing that little cap and you're wearing the gown and you're laying in a hospital bed three days after one of the great nights of your life because it all went haywire in that one moment. Um, So bottom line. Rogers on the road to recovery. He posted earlier in the week, the night is darkest before the dawn and I shall rise yet again. He's clearly coming back next year, Peter. Clearly coming back. So Zach Wilson no is question. the guy Mike, if you had, until Aaron Rodgers is back. If you had sat with him in training camp the way I did and listened to him for five minutes talk about not only his love of football, but his realization that... He could love it for a few more years. He's not making any predictions. 
Tom Brady has had a bigger impact on Aaron Rodgers post-Tom Brady-Aaron Rodgers duels. There weren't all that many of them, but there were some. He's had a bigger impact on him in terms of how he goes about his job, how he keeps his body uh, absolutely perfect. And Mike, I wrote this in the summer, but I don't know that people really sort of glommed onto it nor should they. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. But Aaron Rodgers told me that he stopped eating sugar and he's not eating processed foods. And he basically is treating his body as the temple that Tom Brady treated as for years. And that is part of this this Aaron Rodgers ethos that is the reason why I totally agree. When I... Heard people saying, is this it for him? Is he going to play again? Look, I, 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 have, I would assume that medical science understands enough about reattaching an Achilles that even though he is a 40-year-old man, he's also a 40-year-old man in fantastic shape and who is taking good care of himself. And I will be utterly shocked, just like Robert Sala said. He's not going out like this. He's going to keep playing football and we'll see how he's impacted by this, but you're going to see Aaron Rodgers back in 2024. The one thing to remember, because we've seen it happen in the past to guys like Terrell Suggs, once you pop one Achilles, there's a greater likelihood you're going to pop the other one. Just one of the risks that needs to be assumed by Aaron Rodgers if he keeps playing. And it's one of the things we need to keep an eye on because he'll be 40 going on 41 next year. And he still likes to move. The legs will let him move. But as the tissues and the tendons and the ligaments age, there's a greater likelihood of some sort of injury. We're going to take a break. When we return, can Zach Wilson, the guy who is clearly the guy, they're not going to go bring in Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz or anybody else to save the day. It's on Zach Wilson. Can he find a way to keep it close and possibly beat the Cowboys on Sunday. We'll discuss that next here on PFT. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. A lot of confidence, man. I, I, I truly 
believe in myself, and I think that's the first step to, to being in the NFL. You got to believe in yourself first, and 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 the rest can take care of itself. You know, I think how I can go out there and play football will earn that trust back from those guys. And you know, I, I would say I have a very good relationship with everybody in this locker room. You know, we joke around, we, we eat lunch together, we go out for online QB dinners, and so you know, I would always feel like the guys in this locker room have my back just like I got their back. No matter what. Zach Wilson in year three, starting to not look like he's 12 years old, which I guess is a plus. And it's easy to get your confidence back, and you have to be confident to the point of delusion would be successful in the NFL. But one of the strange dynamics this week, Peter, we haven't had a chance to communicate about this at all. As the Jets were wallowing in the woe is us aftermath of week one, everybody kind of forgot. They beat the Bills. Zach Wilson came in cold and beat the Bills. Aaron Rodgers tears the Achilles on the fourth snap of the game. Doesn't even complete a pass. Zach Wilson is told, get your helmet and get your ass in there. And they won the game. So that's something that the Jets and Wilson should be clinging to as the proof that they can be competitive this year without Aaron Rodgers. Are they going to be the same team that they would have been with Aaron Rodgers? No, but they can be competitive because the defense is really good and... If they can draw up a game plan and execute it offensively in a way that keeps it close, score some points, lean on the defense, this team could could still challenge for a playoff spot. It's not going to be easy. The schedule is very difficult this year. The division is very difficult this year. But they won a game that everyone would have assumed they were going to lose, and now they go forward with their schedule, and we see how many they can win. But Wilson is clearly their guy. They're not going to bring in a big-name veteran. They tried to sign Brett Rippon off the Rams practice squad. The Rams signed him to the active roster. He chose to stay with the Rams instead of coming to the Jets. That's the kind of backup they're looking for. Wilson is the guy. They'll eventually get somebody to serve as an understudy, but they're all in with Wilson this year until they tell him to go back to the bench next year when Aaron Rodgers is, is healthy and ready to go again. I think the perfect guy for the Jets would be Gardner Minshew. And look, everybody's going to say, Gardner Minshew, are you kidding me? Look, you know, you're talking about a backup quarterback and trying to go find a backup quarterback. I have no idea if the Colts would even trade Gardner Minshew. But the point is... That's the problem. That kind of, you, you, he's their backup. Everybody who's got a yeah. backup isn't giving up their backup. Unless you you know, you overcompensate that team. You know, I know the Jets who already are going to be without their two next year uh, might be loath, and maybe they're not going to do anything unless and until they get desperate, either until Zach Wilson plays an abominable game one of these weeks. But you may have to go out to get a good backup quarterback like Gardner Minshew. You may have to trade a four which you absolutely unequivocally don't want to do. And would Chris Ballard do that? Or with a team that had a good backup quarterback do that? But be that as it may, here's the whole thing. The New York Jets have essentially put lock, stock, and barrel, everything by what they've said this week, they've put it all on uh, Zach Wilson. And probably, I guess, I would do the same. But... That doesn't mean anything in the long-term deal. And what I mean is that if Zach Wilson over the next month 
plays two very poor games and hands games away like he did against New England at the Meadowlands last year. If he does that, then Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are not going to waste this season. And, and again, I think that everybody is just assuming that Zach Wilson is going to be fine. He's going to be okay. And I don't mean to, you know, to rain on anybody's parade, but I saw the throw to Matt Milano the other night. And anybody who makes that throw deep in the back of your mind, and maybe not even deep in the back of your mind, maybe in the front of your mind, you still got to be worried about the guy. Wilson is the prime example of the kind of employee that can drive you crazy in any line of work, in any industry, whatever it is. You have somebody who is supremely gifted and can do the hardest things well, but just can't get out of his own way when it comes to the easy stuff. And he still makes those easy throws look very difficult. And that was what got him in trouble last year. He was so desperate, and this was the narrative that was developed, and this was kind of the thought coming out of the Jets organization. He wanted to make those Patrick Mahomes spectacular throws. He completely lost sight of basic things, mechanics, and and just operating the short passing game, the non-spectacular stuff. That's the challenge now, to get him to understand you just go run the offense. And I wonder how much Aaron Rodgers is going to be around. I was told last night, at least for now, he's not going to be around very much. He's going through the recovery and the rehab of the torn Achilles. But Rodgers was a great presence, at least based on what we saw in Hard Knocks, and who knows how real any of that is. But Rodgers seemed like a great presence for Zach Wilson. He could be the guy that just keeps him on the right track and, and just knows yeah. how to needle him. Like he needled him about wearing the – the uh the head the the whatever he wrapped around his head what's that called whatever it is the thing from Karate Kid he wrapped you know he gave him a hard time for wearing that under his something. helmet yeah headband or head wrap or head something anyway uh you know just just know when to bust on him a little bit and just know how to say that thing at the right time to get him to understand what he needs to do I think the Jets will be fortunate to have Rogers around to help out and and we'll see we'll see look. Their, their long-term plan was Aaron Rodgers and then Zach Wilson. Well, now it's Zach Wilson until it's Aaron Rodgers, and then I guess maybe it's Zach Wilson, but this is his chance. And it's a different mindset. It's a different vibe than it was a year ago. And we'll see how much he's grown, grown how much he's matured, how much better suited he is to do the things that the Jets wanted to do because I think he drove them crazy last year to the point that they had to bench him this year he gets a, he gets a clean slate. It's just coming a lot earlier than we thought it was going to. Yeah, I think the one other thing to put a bow on this, honestly, is that football's a meritocracy. You get what you deserve. If Zach Wilson plays well, he's the quarterback for the rest of this year and very likely the quarterback of the future for the New York Jets post Aaron Rodgers. Or likely, I should say, because you don't know. If Aaron Rodgers plays three or four years, Zach Wilson's going to go somewhere. But he will get what he deserves. And that's what football is. That's what football is. So, And I think if I were Zach Wilson, it's all I could ask. As to Gardner Minshew, 
there is a possibility the Colts would be willing to do it because they have Sam Ellinger. The teams that have three quarterbacks are the ones to look at. The Saints, once Jake Hebner's back from his PED suspension, and maybe these next five games, enough of a testing ground for Zach Wilson that maybe they make a deadline deal for Jameis Winston. I don't know. The Steelers have two backups in Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. So there are a few teams out there, but when I hear some of these names like Jacoby Brissett, they're Commanders aren't going to give up Jacoby Brissett when they're still trying to figure out what they have in Sam Howell. Brissett's the guy that, if all else fails, we can put him in the game. They don't have another backup. So it's got to be a team with three quarterbacks they really like, willing to part with one of them, and we'll see if that's what happens with the Jets. For now, though, all it is is Zach Wilson on the active roster, Tim Boyle on the practice squad. Presumably he gets called up on Sunday to be the backup when the Jets go to the Cowboys. And we saw what the Cowboys did to the Giants on Sunday night. I just think that was a fluke. I think it happens. I think when you fall behind a couple of scores to the Cowboys, you're walking right into the best way that they can overwhelm you. The challenge for the Jets is manage this offense in a way that doesn't let the Cowboys feast on Wilson the way they feasted on Daniel Jones. Absolutely. You know, you've got to have a bunch of quick throws in the game plan. Nathaniel Hackett absolutely is going to do that. Um, I think his line is also suspect, uh, as was the Giants last Sunday. So Nathaniel Hackett is going to have a lot of wheel routes in there. He's going to have a lot of short throws in there just to have Zach Wilson get rid of the ball and just try to move the chains. I think the other thing they try to do uh, until it is absolutely, totally shut down by the Cowboys is give them a gigantic dose of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Uh, that's that's the way you're going to have to win this game. Manage the clock. Don't give your quarterback too many difficult throws to make. Run the ball. And on defense, be extremely physical within the confines of the rules, actually, obviously, but when the, and this is a, a Chris Sims observation about the Cowboys. When they get hit in the mouth, when they are matched in physicality, the, and they find themselves in a close game, they're a different team. When they start scoring points early, the avalanche is on. you got to keep yeah. it close, trust the defense. Maybe you can get Dak Prescott to make the same kind of mistakes Josh Allen was making the other night, but that's going to be the key for the Jets to have a chance. Uh, a slim chance, but a chance nonetheless. When we return, the Chiefs head to Jacksonville for a rematch of a divisional round game. The Jaguars actually had a chance to win. How big of a chance to win do they have on Sunday when Patrick Mahomes and the 0-1 Chiefs come to town? We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. And Mahomes steps up, throws to the back, touchdown! Marquez Valdez! off your right foot in the first half then you get hurt and you come back and you throw a jump pass off your left foot in the second half just make it up out there patrick just make it up Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things even with a badly sprained ankle that he suffered early in that divisional round win over the Jaguars from January. We were there for that one. 
Uh, it was something to see. And the wind came out of the sails when he got injured, and the Chiefs held it together, and he came back, and the rest was history. The Chiefs ended up winning the game 27-20. There was a late score by the Jaguars that allowed them to cover. Made it seem closer than it was, but it still was fairly close, and it gave the Jaguars some confidence. And now here come the Chiefs into town. Week two, Jaguars got a win in week one. Chiefs did not. Chris Jones is back. Travis Kelsey limited in practice Wednesday and Thursday. Stakes are high for Chiefs here. Look, there's 17 games in the season. You can start 0-2 and you'll be fine. But the Chiefs really need to get that bad taste out of their mouth from week one. Best way to do it, go beat a playoff team in their own building, Peter. Not only that, Mike, but I think you have to overcome a lot in in this game. I mean, probably the luckiest thing for Kansas City in this game is that the weather forecast is for cloudy, chance of rain, 88 degrees, very humid, but at least not sunny at game time. And if that indeed happens, that's a huge break for Kansas City because you've seen games in Jacksonville in September where the weather, and and in Miami, honestly, where the weather is a player in the game. And look, 88 degrees, humid, chance of rain, that's not great either, but it's better than the alternative. And I think Patrick Mahomes showed in this, uh, in, in the first game, that, you know, as much as we talk about, wow, Travis Kelsey is really good. He's, they miss him when he's not there. You know why they miss him? Because he is the security blanket that Patrick Mahomes very, very much needs. And if he can even play... 30 snaps in this game. If he can just go out there and do something, that is going to have a giant impact on this game. They need Travis Kelsey in this game against a good team, a playoff team, a team that gave them everything it could handle last year at Arrowhead Stadium. And a team that has an offense that can really do more damage to the Chiefs' defense than the Lions did with Trevor Lawrence coming into his own, with Calvin Ridley back from his year-long suspension, having 100 yards receiving last week on eight catches, plus a touchdown, 101 to be precise. Chris Jones back. No indication how many snaps he's going to play. Still working himself into shape. But, hey, good news for the Chiefs. They got him back in the fold after missing only one game. He was talking about staying out until week eight. He's back. That helps the defense. The Chiefs will dig a little hole and... Everybody will be down on them. And we said this last week, I think. Now the Chiefs have something legitimate to say. No one believes in us. Yeah, because you went out and played poorly. We're just noticing what we saw. But they should have won that game. They could have won that game. It was a a variety of factors that came together that, that kept them from winning. They're good enough to go to Jacksonville and win and to put it all together. And they had extra time to get ready for it. That's in Andy Reid's wheelhouse, except last week when it didn't work out that way. So I think the Chiefs will be fine in this one. But the Jaguars are still, they're one of those teams that I still don't understand, Peter, why they aren't getting more respect. They aren't the recipients of greater hype. I know the AFC is very difficult, but they're in the easiest division in the AFC. They should win that division and they should be a factor in the playoffs. And we should be as optimistic about them as everybody is about the Lions. Oh, I think so too, particularly because of their schedule. You know, 10 of their 17 games come against the two South divisions, the NFC South and AFC South. Uh, 
And those are the two weakest divisions in football. So to me, and look, sometimes you look at a team's schedule and you look at it and you say, now this is an advantage. Like it's an advantage to Jacksonville to play Kansas City in week two at home in the oppressive weather of Jacksonville in the middle of the afternoon. Now, it may not be as oppressive as we thought it was going to be, but it's an advantage to them to get uh, to get Kansas City in week two. When, by the way, you don't know how much you're going to see Chris Jones and you don't know how much you're going to see Travis Kelsey. So the numbers two and three most important players on the team that, you know, is the defending Super Bowl champion are either damaged or not maybe at their peak right now. So this is a golden opportunity for Jacksonville. It's the best time they could have gotten Kansas City. They get three straight home games early, too. They got the Texans and the Colts. Oh, well, that next that last one isn't a home game. That's their annual trip to uh, to London. So they have two straight home games and then a home game with an asterisk, get their home away from home in London. But their schedule is easier than it could be, and that's a factor. I know that's why you put them as the one seed in the AFC because of the ease of the schedule. That rotation the NFL uses, it, it makes sense. The idea is every eight years, every team's going to play in every other team's stadium, and there's a symmetry to it, and there's a rhythm to it. But when you click those dials and it lands on for the AFC East, AFC West and NFC East, uh uh-oh, especially when you got three great teams in your own division. And for the Jaguars this year, it landed on NFC South and AFC North. And look, the AFC North is no, no quartet of cupcakes, but when you are in a weak division and when you're playing all four teams from the NFC South, you're right, Peter, that's a huge advantage. So they don't... By, by no means do they need to win this one. This is one where they could put the rest of the league on notice if they beat the Chiefs, and it would give them an edge in the potential tiebreaker for the number one seed if it comes to that. But this is one of the toughest games by far, the toughest game by far on the Jacksonville Jaguars schedule, and it's all downhill after that. Yeah, and Mike, I think for those who would say, well, you know, they've got the Niners, they've got the Bengals, they've got, they've got some tough foes. I mean, most of their tough games are at home. And, you know, if, if you've only got seven games outside of the soft part of your schedule, that's a lot fewer games than almost virtually anybody else, any other contender would have in the NFL. So, this year, at least, the schedule is the Jaguars' best friend. I did, I did miss the 49ers game. That, that is, that is a, a tough one coming up. But you know what? They have their bye right before that game. I mean, if you're going to play the 49ers, at least you get two weeks to get ready for it. Uh, and they and do have back-to-back back games is, in England this year, too. I'll tell you what's a sneaky advantage to their schedule. They're going to be, and you would think it's an advantage to – be playing two weeks if you're playing two weeks straight in London that the second game your body clock is all fixed you're okay you're you know and that is the week that you have the Buffalo Bills coming over and most teams now basically just come over after practice on Thursday they land in London in the wee hours of Friday morning or Friday eight o'clock whatever it is and then they go right out last year I was in Munich and the Bucks 
uh, you know, when they landed, you know, they went to the hotel, they, they, they put their stuff away, but then they went right out and practiced. So I think that's likely what most teams are going to do from now on if you, got, if you play in either England or Germany. But I think the advantage goes to the team that has been there that can treat that week like a very normal week. And I think that's what the Jaguars are going to be able to do. We're going to take a break. When we return, a preview of the Sunday night game between the Dolphins and the Patriots. And I give you my own personal guarantee that the final score this week on Sunday night will not be 40 to nothing. How exciting will it be? (laughs) And can the Dolphins explode again offensively? We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. I got to get into some football. All right. Last week, Tyreek Hill, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Tua, 460 yards passing, three touchdowns. The whole football world is like, man, Miami, Tua Tungavailoa has arrived. He's here now. Now all of a sudden you look at Sunday Night Football. You got Miami coming in here. What's the plan? How do you slow down this offense? What do you think the key is going to be Sunday when you take that field and you say, hey, they are not going to do these things, and this is why we will win this game? I believe uh, disrupting the timing. You disrupt the timing on everything. Uh, I believe you cloudy the reads for Tua. You kind of muck the uh, receivers up, and you kind of jam them. Don't let them get off the line of scrimmage. And it's easier said than done, yeah. bro. It's yeah. easier to said than done. Everybody then said this about Tyreek Hill, <laughs> right? You, you touch him, you kind of jam him, then he get a slow start. Now he's not 30 yards down the field. But uh, I think that's what we got to do. Uh, make make all the reads that Tua have dirty. Like Tua was a first round draft pick for a reason. He can make all the throws uh, inside, outside, deep balls, intermediate, check down. Uh, from what he did this offseason, put on some good weight for himself. Uh, so he's able to withstand some hits. Uh, so he can, he's more comfortable in the pocket. And uh, you kind of just try to keep them in the pocket, but you would just try to close it and close it on them. And so it's, it's easier said than done. You know what I mean? You can, I mean, I'm pretty sure the charge was like, he ain't about to throw him on it. But, uh, it, it happens, but when, when they come out here Sunday night, uh, that's what we're going to do. It's going to be a very physical game from the defense. That's our guy Devin McCourty with Matthew Judon. You'll see the full interview on Football Night in America in advance of the Week 2 Sunday night game. Dolphins at Patriots. Tua Tonga-Vailoa 4-0 all-time against the Patriots. Looked great last week against the Chargers. 466 passing yards. 215 of them went to Tyreek Hill. The Dolphins are three-point favorites at Gillette Stadium. And the Patriots trying to avoid their first 0-2 start since 2001. Now... Patriots fans will embrace the outcome to the 2001 season, but nobody wants to start 0-2. Can they slow down this offense, Peter, that is supercharged by a Tyreek Hill who looks better than ever? I think this is one of those classic games, Mike, where, you know, if you're the New England Patriots, you really struggled running against a very good Philadelphia front last Sunday. But if you're the Patriots, you have to say in this game, hey, look, we watched the tape of the Los Angeles Chargers 
running for 233 yards, running for 5.8 yards a carry uh, against this defense. So that's how we're going to play this game. You know what we're going to do with this game? We're going to limit Tua to eight possessions. That's got to be the goal, whether it's spoken or unspoken. Long drives, limit Tua's possessions, limit his opportunities. Okay, And as Matthew Judon says, I think all smart teams, all smart teams, basically try to do almost exactly the same thing against offenses that are really good, really powerful. Last week after the uh, Browns-Bengals game, Anthony Walker, the linebacker and captain, defensive captain of the Cleveland Browns, told me we wanted to make it muddy for Joe Burrow. We wanted to give him different looks every snap. We wanted him not to know any predictability on our defense. And that's exactly how they played this game. Now, when you play against Tua Tonga-Valoa, the problem is, and, you know, I, I forget who said it after the game on Sunday. If you look at each pass play that the Miami Dolphins had, that Mike McDaniel designs, if you look at every one of their pass plays last week, you will see at least one player running open. And it, it wouldn't even be the player who Tua picked out to throw on that particular ball. So, you know, to me, I think right now, when you look at the Miami Dolphins, the one thing you have to do is you've got to get into his face and you have to make sure that you don't give him too many chances. And Mike, the last thing I would say about this game that, you know, if you're the Miami Dolphins, you know, one of the things you're saying right now is that, man, if we somehow get a win on Sunday, we have taken in the first eight days of this season, two of our toughest games. You're going to get in a score fest against Justin Herbert. That's 2,800 miles from home. Then you got to play the great and all-powerful Bill Belichick. You got to play that on the road in prime time against a desperate team. If somehow, some way, you go 2-0, and how in the world could your schedule for the future this season look any better than take two of your toughest games on the road both and having won them both after eight days? Start to finish, though, it's not an easy schedule for any team in the AFC East because they all play the Chiefs, they all play the Eagles, they all play the Cowboys, they all play the Giants, they all face the Chargers. And as you said, the Dolphins have already checked that box on the Chargers, and they go to New England. They should be able to win, but we know that the Patriots aren't going to surrender, even though they might be overmatched on paper. I would say they're the worst team in the division, but they gave the Eagles everything they could handle last week. And look, here's the problem. If you double... Tyree Kill, if you bracket Tyree Kill, if you shade a safety over to that side, you're going to make it easier for Jalen Waddle. You're going to make it easier for the running game. The Chargers rolled the dice on basically single covering Tyree Kill most of the time, so the rest of the offense wouldn't open up. But this is the one of the best offenses in football right now. They keep Tua Tonga-Vailoa healthy. They're going to be not just fine, they're going to be in contention for a top seed in the AFC. Yep. They move the ball very well, and the defense, even though they gave up plenty of points last week, they 
they knew when to stiffen, and they had those two sacks on the final drive on blitzes. There weren't a lot of blitzes from the Dolphins last week, but they were well-timed and they were effective when they happened. And uh, you put it together, and this is going to be a tough one for the Patriots to avoid falling to 0-3. But the way Matthew Judon explained it is absolutely right. That's the way you do it, and it's easier said than done. you got to put pressure on Tua, and you got to find a way to keep Tyree Kill from destroying you. He's still going to get his yards. He's still going to get a touchdown, maybe two. You just got to find a way to make it better than it otherwise could have been. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, show me something for week two. I have a feeling one of the names mentioned will contain the initials D and J. More PFT Live right after this. Throughout the, his career, there's there's – you know, yes, they might pop up in certain games or whatever, but I think as a whole, um, you know, he's done a really good job. I don't think you get to the point of his career, and I don't think you get to the uh, as many games as he's won as a starter if this were something that happens every single game. Look, at the end of the day, guys, I got a ton of trust in Josh Allen, a ton of trust in him uh, and, and who he is and what he's about and the type of player he is. Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey on Josh Allen. Four turnover game on Monday night. Three interceptions and a snap that he mishandled. At the time the game was tied, gave the Jets a chance to go ahead. They tied it up. Overtime, yada, yada. Jets win. Week two, show me something. And we have time for a trivia question because we've buttoned it up after spending a full hour on the first segment. We are moving, baby. When is the last time Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert all lost in the same week. Man, this is a tough one. What color is the sky was a question earlier this week, essentially. This is tough. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert. Do you have any idea when they all lost the same week? I wouldn't have Clueless. known. Clueless. I bet, I bet, I bet you, I wouldn't be surprised if you got to go back to college. But anyway, when is it? Week, week five of the 2020 season. Bengals lost to the Ravens, Chiefs lost to the Raiders, Bills lost to the Titans, and the Chargers lost to the New Orleans Saints. And I think that that was the game where John Gruden and the Raiders took the buses for a victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium, which did not end well (laughs) when they got together the next time that year. I'll give you the first pick anyway. That was a really, really difficult question. I would have never gotten that one. Show me something, Justin Fields. There's a reason why every time that anybody with the Bears open their mouth in the offseason about the status, the long-term quarterback position, there always you could always sense there was an asterisk with Justin Fields. There was never, this is our guy, no question. There wasn't that. There was always, well, you know, we've given him a lot of weapons. We're going to see how it goes. So show me something, Justin Fields. Go to Tampa. And by the way, by the way, it's good that Justin Fields is on the road this week. You might say, man, be good to have home cooking. No, I think he could, would have home booing if he played again in Chicago this week. Show me something, Justin Fields. Go to Tampa. Win a road game that you should win. I saw an article somewhere that time is running out on Justin Fields, and I would agree this season is up or out for him as a practical matter, but there's still 16 games left, and starting this weekend, that's his opportunity to change the narrative. 
Show me something highest-paid player in NFL history, at least until the next highest-paid player in NFL history, Joe Burrow. And don't just show me a new haircut. Don't show me that you ditched the headband that you were wearing to every press conference. That's, that's meaningless. I want to see something more than 82 passing yards for the full game. And I understand he didn't practice much in training camp, didn't play in the preseason, the calf injury. But the Browns just made the Cincinnati offense look like it was in molasses the entire day. The Bengals have the Ravens coming to town. The Ravens are 1-0. You can't, you can't fall to 0-2. And I know there's still a lot of season to be played, but you can't, you, you, they need to look like the Bengals of the recent past. They just gave him $55 million a year. Some of the other metrics blow away every quarterback contract that's ever been done. This is the time for Joe Burrow to remind everyone why he is the recipient of the best contract ever given to any player in league history. Show me something, Josh Allen. This is almost too easy, Mike, because Josh Allen in his four turnover game Monday night, you know, people sometimes don't realize and don't think they just think, well, you're 0-1 and, and we're going to overcome that. And I do think the bills are going to overcome it. However, it's a division loss. It is a conference loss. It is a loss to a team that you shouldn't be losing to, especially a team quarterback by Zach Wilson. But for the second year in a row, Josh Allen went to the Meadowlands and he lost to Zach Wilson. Not good. And Mike, there was a point in the first half of this game where Josh Allen took off and ran and Sean McDermott, the ESPN cameras, Great job by then, by them. They captured Sean McDermott doing this. Okay. And look, I don't know. I, I, I assume what he was doing was he was pointing to his head and telling Josh Allen, don't go trying to get the extra yard in the middle of the field. Either go down or go out of bounds. We talked about this all off season. Don't try to be the hero. Don't play hero ball. And you could say the same thing for some of the throws he tried to make in this game. So Josh Allen has to do what he said throughout training camp is, I've got to take what the defense gives me. I've got to stop playing hero ball, all that stuff. Do it. Show me something, Josh Allen, against the Raiders in Orchard Park on Sunday. I will see your show me something Josh Allen and I will actually raise you a show me something Sean McDermott this is a point that I made earlier this week the Bills desperately need someone who can calm Josh Allen down when he comes to the sideline someone needs to say to him hey Josh we know the playbook inside and out there is no 21 point throw in this playbook we just have to take it one play at a time I know yeah. you're frustrated. You think we should be winning by 30. We'll get there if we do what we're supposed to do. Ken Dorsey is not the personality to calm down Josh Allen, not by any stretch. Remember the video last year of him going crazy in the coach's box after they lost to Miami? And Sean McDermott's running the defense this year. He doesn't have the luxury of going over and having a conversation with Josh Allen on the sideline. McDermott needs to coach this guy in games better than he has because at some point it's on the coaching staff for not harnessing Josh Allen and pointing him in the right direction because it's not working. And Monday night was 
the prime example of it. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll have more Show Me Something draft for week two when PFT Live continues right after this. Show me something for week two. There are our picks so far. Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. Peter, you're up round three. It would not be a good show me something without the following statement. Show me something, Daniel Stephen Jones third. Now, Ooh. I don't want to be gauche and bring up money, but I'm going to be gauche. There's a reason why the New York Giants paid you like a big-time player in the offseason. And Daniel Jones, this year, will make $46 million in cash. And when you make $46 million in cash, you need to lift, you need to lift your team. Daniel Jones has a golden opportunity to lift a wounded team 2,600 miles away from home in Glendale, Arizona. He must do it Sunday because on a short week Thursday, he's not going to be doing it in San Francisco. So show me something, Daniel Jones. Show me something, Geno Smith. Look, it wasn't just his fault that the Rams came in and beat the Seahawks in a game that I would have assumed the Seahawks would win easily and thought they would win easily over the overmatched Rams. But Geno held off Drew Locke last year by playing well week in and week out. Drew Locke is still there, and they know Drew Locke can play. And 16 for 26 for 112 yards and one touchdown with DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Tyler Lockett as your receivers is not going to cut it. They go to Detroit. This week, it's going to be loud. They got those Honolulu blue ski masks that C.J. Gardner-Johnson wants everyone to wear. It's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be on Geno Smith to cause the Seahawks, if they're going to do it, to rise up and win that game against Detroit. It's going to be a tough one. And Drew Locke could be, could be inching toward the on-deck circle. That's it for today. Peter, great job as always. Everybody enjoy the games. We'll see you on Monday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.